Imagine knowing exactly what your students are learning and exactly which steps you need to take next. Join us in Down With The Reading Quiz to craft meaningful and productive formative assessments that move away from gotcha moments of basic recall and toward assessing what your students actually can do. In this 30-minute free masterclass, we'll share three powerful assessment keys that work for any novel at any time of the year. Head to shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to sign up, and we'll also send you a free workbook to keep track of all your notes. Once again, that's shop.bravenewteaching.com slash masterclass to nail formative assessments forever. Hey, Amanda. Hey, Marie. What are you up to later? Want to join me for happy hour? I'm all in. And guess what's amazing? Our listeners and friends of the podcast can also join us because Brave New Teaching Happy Hour has officially launched. Cheers. Cheers, everyone. We are officially hanging out a little bit longer after school with an extended extra private podcast feed just for you. Yes. Members of Happy Hour get extra 15 minutes of the podcast, give or take, because you know us, we run a little bit long. It's just kind of how we are. But if you would like to get in on this Happy Hour action, please join us. It is only $5 a month. Head to curriculumrehab.com slash happy hour and get yourself signed up because when you're there, Amanda, tell our friends what we do every month for our Happy Hour members. I think my favorite part is coming up with a new free resource for our listeners every month. And then we pretty much break down that resource and how to use it. We also like to have guests on to do extended episodes and even Q&A that's just for you about that resource. It's really exclusive and super private just for you. So if you are like us and you like hanging out, you like chit-chatting about all things that are teaching, teacher life, and everything under that umbrella, join us for happy hour and we will see you there. Bye. Bye. Well, hello and welcome back to Brave New Teaching and welcome to like second to last episode of 2022. Am I right? Oh my word. Yes. We're we're at the end here. Here we are, friends. It has been a whirlwind of a year. And what better way to talk about a whirlwind of a year with a couple of English teachers than by doing a year in review what we've read in 2022. Oh, I didn't even know that was going to rhyme and then it did. And then it did. Hi, everyone. I am so excited to do this as a recap. And honestly, if you haven't already interacted with us on Instagram or sent us an email recently, we would love to know if this type of episode is something you want to hear more of. Uh, Marie and I are gushing over our latest reads all the time behind the scenes. All and the time. Like all the time. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, no, but like sometimes we forget that maybe we should record those conversations. So let us know if this is something you want to hear more of in the new year, because we have no shortage of commentary on <laughs> what we're reading. No, truly. And like just, I mean, like a month or so ago, a month and change ago, we talked about our favorite things, our fall favorite things. And we were talking about how as educators, that is a very large part of our existence and of our identities. Absolutely. But we're also more than that. And we're that, right? Like <laughs> a big part of me, Marie, the person is that I'm an English teacher and I love stories and I love books and movies and TV and talking about them when people want to listen and when they don't, you know, that's the teacher part. But like, 
sharing these things that bring us joy just seems to be a great way to connect like very organically, right? Like we're not going to get on here and sponsor and endorse things that we don't enjoy. So why not talk to you about the books that we read that we enjoyed? Well, and honestly, I don't remember a time that I, I mean, I've done it, but I don't really pick up books these days that haven't come as recommendations from someone I trust. Not that I don't have time to read things that are a mystery, because you better believe I throw random things in my cart all the time. Like, But most of those books that I have bought on a whim, I haven't necessarily prioritized <laughs> in terms of reading. Sure. So it's nice to hear people talk about books because it kind of gives me, I don't know, not only exposure to more things I may not have heard about, but it also reminds me about genres that I might be ignoring, like everything Marie reads, you know, things like that. Oh, yeah. No, there's some big, unsurprising trends in my uh, reading for 2022. Well, and the other well, thing is, like, <laughs> I, I have always been a reader, like my whole life, voracious reader, but it's taken some dips here and there. The amount of reading, the type of reading that I've done, depending on the season of life I'm in. And right now I'm at like an all time high, like I was telling Amanda before we started recording, the number of books in my list was like surprising me. And I didn't even include everything because I forgot about a few. And I'm not saying that as like a ha ha, look at me. It's more of a testament to the power of things like social media, because like Amanda's saying, I get book recommendations all over the place for myself, for my kids, for my classroom. And so that small amount of vetting is like enough to push me into like, put it in the cart, put it in the cart, put it, read it, read it, read it, check it out from the library. That's the other thing too, is like, not all of these necessarily have to be a purchase. They can be a check it out from the library, get it on your Libby or um, what's the other one? Sora, like those different apps where you can just read the ebook for free or the audiobook. I know Amanda has been into audiobooks. Oh yeah. Well, and funny story before we begin, this is something that I think our audience will absolutely love. I've had a tough relationship with libraries. Let's just, let's really? just put it that way. Ooh, I have a difficult, dish. I do. Well, okay. So here's the problem is you have to keep track of the book and return it. Oh yes. <laughs> I love you so much. <laughs> so this is the problem. Like I like to be there and I like to fill up my cart with free books and check them out. But I may or may not have been kind of banned from our local library. Aww, uh, I, I, I mean, I checked out some books before COVID and never returned them because it was COVID. So like I couldn't return them for a long time and like it was too much time. And they've, they're, I mean, they were kids books. They were for my, my children, they're picture books. So they, we read them a thousand times during our quarantine and then right. they feel like I think they dissolved somewhere. So anyway, this is the, the punchline is not that I've been banned because it's not the first time that a place that required me to turn something in has banned me, but I don't, I don't think I can ever get a library card there. I can't even check out a study room there. I have to go to another city nearby. So here's the best part. So when I went to Dayton um, in October, I presented PD in person, shout out to Dayton area schools. You guys are freaking amazing. And I wanted to do a book tasting with them because one of the days we spent doing uh, a dystopia workshop. And I thought, okay, after lunch is like when the dip is. Everyone's tired. They just kind of want to chit chat. Let's do like a coffee shop, book talk, book swap, whatever, something with books after lunch. And so I called the Dayton Public Library who has no, they don't know about my devious ways. Right. So I just presented as a person who's normal and returns books. And I said, That's Hey, good. this is what I want to do. And so they let me check out 30 YA dystopian books 
from their library. And P.S., if you ever drive through Dayton, like the library is worth a stop. It is beautiful. I didn't even know Dayton was like a city city until I got there. I thought it was just like a, I don't know. I don't know what I thought, but it's really cool. The, the library is really cool. And they were so nice. They gave me a library card. Oh my gosh. Those fools. I can use online. I can use for Libby. Oh, there ding, you ding, go. Dong. That was like 20 That's minutes. Where to get you to were that going story. with it. I was like, well, why don't you just do the online version where they just take the book back? Like you and just can no longer have it anymore in your Kindle app. So here we are. Okay. So here we are. Okay. I now Thank have you. a library that will lend that to me because the other library, they said nothing. No digital, no nothing. You're no, going, like, you get out of here. You should move. You yeah. should move. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Dayton, Ohio. So shout out to Dayton. Like literally everyone in Dayton was so cool. If you guys know, follow Abby, she's right on with Miss G. I got to have a brewski with Abby and uh, my good friend, Kelsey. She was on the podcast a few months mm-hmm. ago. We talked about her long way down Macbeth unit. So got to see some real life friends and visit the amazing library. So yeah, all get said, yourself a library card. That's really <laughs> Today, Marie and I are going to give you our books from 2021 or 2022. Let's, oh. let's remember what year it is. <laughs> and we're also going to link everything. Marie and I are yes. obsessed with bookshop.org right now. And we both have our lists there. Um, and so please check out the show notes. Check out the website. You don't have to necessarily buy books, like we said, but it's totally worth a browse. Yes, we're going to actually, I want to talk to you more about this because I am a big fan of bookshop.org for a lot of reasons. But first, let's cue the music. You're listening to Brave New Teaching, and we are so much more than a podcast. We give teachers the inspiration, support, and tools to challenge the status quo. I'm Amanda, and I'm a former English teacher from Illinois. And I'm Marie, and I'm a teacher from Southern California. Join us at bravenewteaching.com to find out more about our courses, festivals, and get every episode's show notes. We're so glad you're here. Enjoy the show. Okay, friends, here we are. Let's begin by talking about bookshop.org. And no, this is not a sponsored episode before. Not yet. Why do they keep saying, yeah, hey, bookshop.org, if you're listening, we're just saying we are always, um, we're open. So bookshop.org is a website that it's independent bookstores, independent bookstores in one big place. And it's a way to kind of combat the conglomerate that is Amazon and how Amazon is on track to kind of murdering independent publishing and independent bookstores. And so Amanda and I, as readers and as lovers of the written word, decided that that's where we want to put all of our eggs is in the bookshop.org basket. And so the really cool thing that I like is that once you're on there and you create an account for yourself, you can select your bookstore that you want to like shop from. And I think that like, if they have it in store, they'll ship it out of that certain bookstore. And it can be a local bookstore. It can be like, so there are a bunch of local bookstores in San Diego that I like to look at. And then I can also just like check out what they have in stock and then maybe take the kids on a field trip one weekend, my children, not other people's children (laughs) Um, on a field trip one weekend and we go to the independent bookstore and I love a bookstore. I don't know about you. I'm guessing you do because like they're not a library. You have to pay there before you leave with books, right? I love bookstores. I love them. Like in another life or maybe just when I'm an old lady, I want a bookshop 
coffee shop where we have like open mic nights and like yes I want it so bad yes yes right like in in a mountain town somewhere <laughs> like I have to say one of my greatest like parenting wins of 2022 which is not what this episode is about but it's related stay with me here I'm here is that my daughter Sochi she just discovered bell i mean she oh. discovered bell we watched beauty and the beast for the first time without her being like terrified of anything and when sure. we got to the scene in the library she looked at me and she goes oh, it's so many books mom and i thought oh my god my offspring is the best oh. yes. <laughs> she'll be with us and as i know your children will be and oh absolutely Actually, one of the things that I will be talking about, because one of the books on my, you know what, I'm just going to start actually completely off the cuff here. One of the books on my list is called this. I promise this all works out. It's called The Dyslexic Advantage, Unlocking the Hidden Potential of the Dyslexic Brain. So I don't talk about it a whole ton on here and like in social media, simply because my kids are old enough that like Uh, their stories are not my story to tell, you know, like I'm getting to that kind of a point where they're big and they're living their own lives. And I don't know that they want to be on social media. One thing I can say though, as an educator, a literacy educator and a mom, my daughter, we were just noticing that she was not accessing academics through kindergarten. And then like summer after kindergarten was this last summer I said, you know what? I want to get her privately tested for dyslexia. I know that she's young. She just turned six between kindergarten and first grade. I have the means to do private testing. Let's go ahead and take care of it because she loves stories. She loves making crap up. Let me tell you, she's the best BSer you've ever seen in your life. And she cannot read. And she was showing all of the signs of dyslexia, but then also, like, there are a lot of misconceptions about dyslexia. She is 100% dyslexic. <laughs> With some sensory processing issues. And this was one of the first books that like really helped me like see my kid on the page. Like, oh my gosh, she's not a total enigma. She's actually classically this, 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 this huge creative brain, amazing critical thinking and problem solving skills because she's constantly coping to like fill in the jigsaw puzzle that other people can see typically when they are looking at words. So one of the books that I read this year is called, I read a few different books. This is the best one. If I mean, that's a very niche recommendation of mine, but <laughs> this is all back to Belle where Eloise the other day turned to me. She's now in first grade and says, mommy, I'm going to be able to read books before I turn seven. And I was like, you know what, babe, you're damn right. You are. I mean, no, I probably did say that exactly to her. You're damn right. You are. <laughs> She's getting really excited. There are these things about books. Why we get so like, I think passionate about them is because they're so like liberating. They're an escape. Mm -hmm. They're also empowering to be able to tell yourself stories. Okay. I'm I'm down from my soapbox now. I know me too. This is what's beautiful about, you know, Marie and I have this very real friendship behind the scenes that I think you all can feel as listeners, but I've also been going through some of my own parenting journeys with my children, uh, my son in particular. And one of the books on my list is a book that has helped me understand him a little bit better. Similarly, I share about Hugo in terms of navigating the education space, just like what you're saying. Oh, yeah. 
I, you know, I've recently started sharing about it, but we've recently had a couple of our red flags up and it's just, it's one of the things like with dyslexia and with Hugo, who I, I believe to be neurodivergent in a few different ways. It's an incredibly isolating place to be because I think parents either don't know how to talk about it. Don't feel like it's appropriate to talk about. There's a lot of reasons, a lot of very good reasons and a lot of reasons that are too bad. But I think Marie and I are both at a place where I have found comfort in sharing and tr- like troubleshooting about my kids through discussion. So, well, and I know, I mean, this is totally off of our year interview with books, but we'll get back to that in a second. I do know too that, like, if I can share, once I've like figured some things out, if I can share what I've figured out, like, my, like you were saying, red flags were up. This is what I was noticing. And being able to help other people just feel a little less alone is like, key in anything in teach. I mean, that's what we do here at Brave New Teaching for teachers in general. But then like the bigger parts of our lives is that we are mothers. And right now we're in the season of being mothers of small kids. And like any of these things that are just hard to talk about because they're so, so steeped in like who you are and what you're doing every single day, kind of like when you're a brand new teacher or a veteran teacher and what you've been doing just doesn't quite feel right, but you don't know why and how, and you can't quite figure out how to talk about it. Yes, all of these things. It's totally nice to get them out and in the air and just get feedback and feel less alone. Well, it's what makes community. I mean, that's what that's what the podcast is all about. We can't all physically be together, but this is what builds our community. And so my book recommendation from this experience actually was something that was in the back of my mind. So I had had a conversation about things like this with a good friend of mine, Amanda Warner. She was on the podcast in like our first season. She did a mm-hmm. mindfulness episode with us. And Amanda's another good friend of mine. And she had read this book. The book is called Differently Wired. Raising an Exceptional Child in a Conventional World. It's by Deborah Reber. And Differently Wired is a way of understanding how the brain is differently wired. And so it's going to kind of walk you through neurotypical behaviors and neurodivergent behaviors. And honest to God, I read it and I almost like, a borderline was feeling a little bit of shame in that I'm like, I wish I would have read this earlier in my teaching career. Mm-hmm. I wish I would have understood this better because I feel like teachers try so hard. Dyslexia too. I feel like we try so hard to serve everyone, but our capacity to actually understand how our children are so differently wired, it's exhausting to try to do all the things. Oh, but yeah. this, this book is a must read as a teacher and a parent, whether your child is or your students are typical or atypical. I mean, it is, it's been so powerful for me to kind of just see what that experience has been like for this mom and then all through her research um, and different things that are, you know, available to do and like you have permission to do. And that she, you know, one of the things that was most comforting in that book was she said, if you think your child is differently wired, then your child is differently wired. <laughs> like you don't right. need right. And you don't need a diagnosis. You don't need a psychologist's approval. Like if you understand your child feels things and experiences life differently than quote what you think most other kids do, then that's the truth. And then that's how you can, you know, get strategies and perceive and understand that that child differently than other people and and than other children and kind of help them along the path. So it's it's really sparked in me a lot of reflection. And I think it's a must read, even as an educator, if you don't have your own children. So differently wired is is mine on that same wavelength. I love it. You know what? 
I know that we have taken a huge detour from like our year in review, but I think that this, just these couple of books from our very personal experience can kind of set the scene for you of what what we're looking for when it comes to a book. Sometimes it's for, like I said before, escape. Sometimes it's just for straight up entertainment. And sometimes it's for connection in a way of educating ourselves and what have you. I have like almost an embarrassing number of books on here. Some of them though are my ki- like kid level books, so I kind of want to talk about those really quickly and then I have a few Do cookbooks. It. Yes. I legitimately, I don't know about you. I sit down when I get a new cookbook and I read it like a novel. Like I because there's narrative in a cookbook. Like I sit down. So there was a cookbook that I bought myself at I want to say I can't even remember. Time's so fluid. I think I bought it at the end of 2021 and then I actually read it in 2022. And it's called Jewish, like like with a hyphen in the middle, a cookbook reinvented recipes from a modern mensch. And it's by Jake Cohen, who is a, I follow him on Instagram. And he's just always making these really beautiful braided breads, like these halas that were just gorgeous and like rainbow colors. And I was like, oh, cookbook. Okay, awesome. Such good recipes, like really good matzo ball soup, phenomenal brisket. And I've made the very typical like Jewish fare. They're just, oh my gosh, it's so good. And they're, he simplifies a lot of the recipes. So that was been a really good one. You guys know I talk about baking bread. So I've got a, a bread baking for beginners and then a couple of cookbooks of like stuff that I've done just like with my kids, because again, that's how I can decompress. But one book series that I want to highlight that I read with my children out loud to them is called The Magic Misfits by Neil Patrick Harris. Have I already told you about this, Amanda? Me? Yes, yes. Okay. I know I haven't talked about it. I don't think I've talked about it on the podcast, but it's a four part series. It's a four book series. We started it over the summer, uh, like Neil, Neil Patrick Harris, like Doogie Howser, How I Met Your Mother, like listeners, that's the one. Yes. He wrote this series and it's not brand new or anything. Like it's a few years old and it's about these kids that do magic together, but then there's these like mysteries they have to solve and there's a whole like crime ring and we were like, I was like, do you guys want to keep reading? Like, they're so good. <laughs> Riveted, I tell you. And I, we read all four of them out loud and like absolutely loved it. We're like, we were staying up too late on a school night reading and I was kind of okay with it. And that was, those were some of my favorite reads were the ones that I read with my kids. And then I do have a huge list of fantasy and like YA fantasy, but I'm going to get into those in a minute. I'm going to let you read, talk about some of the books you've read first. I'll say you would. You of course would. I do. So when Marie starts talking, you have permission to just pause and take a deep breath before we get into it because it's going to be a lot. <laughs> You're rude. Just because she was making fun of me right before we started recording, okay. well, going, Marie, have you noticed how similar the covers of all of the books that you have? <laughs> and all the are, titles are like the same book. I don't even through by my bookshop.org list and it's like all of these like black backgrounds with like a skull and then roses and then thorns and then yep. like yeah. swords crossing. <laughs> oh my god. Yep. Hey, talk about yours first before I get into it. Oh, so, uh, before Marie gets a little too excited. We are at the stage where we're still reading lots of picture books out loud at least in the, with the kids. We have been reading some books. Uh, there's a really cute little series my niece showed me called Pizza and Taco. Ooh. Have you seen Pizza and Taco? Mm-hmm. They're, they're, it's it's like a graphic novel e. Um, they're panels, and Pizza and Taco are best friends, and um, it's a very cute, like very mini chapter books, and 
the kids have enjoyed that. And I've actually been kicked to the back seat during reading time. Um, Sochi now wants to hold the book and read it to me. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, so I've taken a back seat. So I don't have a lot of recs on the kids side. That's not, that's anything that would benefit our secondary classroom. Um, but I can say, can I talk about the book I hated the most? Oh my gosh. Yes. I feel like those are more important than recommendations. It's the non-recommendations. Yeah. And you might want to read it anyway, just to agree with me. But anyway, so I finally dipped my toe into Colleen Hoover. Okay. Okay. So Audible had Verity on uh, on audible for free it was kind of like what they do at the library your books are free and Uh um, (laughs) and so i thought you know what okay let's go for it even though i've heard from lots of colleen hoover fans it's their least favorite it was the free one so i thought i would give her a shot see what all the hype is about and like put my stuffy upturned nose book nonsense away for a moment and listen she writes fine. She's great. And you know what? Honestly, like as an entrepreneur and as an author, I give her a thousand high fives. Like go girl, like get it. Like, you know what you're doing. So go get it. Uh, but I hated Verity. I thought it was, I thought it was predictably disappointing. I thought it was too dark. Like I like a good dark story, but it was dark to the point that I was like, number one, this is not believable. And number two, this is just, not making me feel anything that I really want to be feeling at all. Sure. Sure. It was was kind of, I mean, there's, it was not, it was not great. I didn't like it. And I was bummed. And like the, the sexy cute, you know, not even cute, like the sexy raunchy scenes were also to me, like, I'm fine. Like go for it. But they were really forced. It felt like it, it got to a point where it was like, okay, again, yeah. There was, there was less of the fun, you know, imagination, I guess that could go along with that if that's what you like. So I was not into Verity, but mostly because of the dark, the darkness and just the writing was disappointing. I, I was disappointed at the end. This is but. interesting because I like just put that on my to be read list for next week's episode. Yeah. So we'll have to, I don't know, maybe, maybe I need to make some edits. I don't know. I just thought it was kind of forced. Like it goes back and forth. Like the, the narrator, she's basically taking over the authorship of a series of books because the author has become unable to write them. And so she finds this manuscript and then like every other chapter, like, but I had to just read more. And that's like, but then I had to pick it up again. And I'm like, but she didn't like, right. Right. That's how I was with Verity. It was not great. However, I will transition before I give the mic back to you. No, yeah. Potentially my favorite fictional read this year. So that's my least favorite. My favorite. And this is very, I have a very close number one and two, but I'm going to just go ahead and name it because nobody cares. Remarkably Bright Creatures. Favorite read of 2022. It actually was released in 2022. It was a brand new book and it was not recommended to me. It was one that I picked up out of the blue. Hmm. And so remarkably, remarkably bright creatures is a three part narrator story. Character one is a Pacific octopus uh, in Oregon. The other character is a little old lady who is the cleaning lady at the aquarium where the octopus lives. And the third character is a kind of, I'd say he's like mid twenties, can't find his way, Holden Caulfield-esque character, which you would know I hate Catcher in the Rye. Yeah. So 
believe it or not, this story was so redeeming. It was beautiful. Um, I loved the convergence of the stories of these three seemingly very different people and creatures. The story wove together just so beautifully. It takes place all in the Pacific Northwest, which is also like hashtag like dream come true. Like that's where I, I see myself ending up there or in Colorado someday. And so it was just like, I liked being there. And this Holden character was pissing me off for so long (laughs) but he was so redeemed over and over again in multiple ways by the end of the story and it was just so gorgeous so i don't really want to give away more than that but it's okay it's, it's complex without being academic would i put it on a curriculum list Maybe not. And that's mostly because I don't feel like the interest level would be there for kids. But for adults, I think you would love it as a fun read. I think you would actually really like it. Okay. It's beautiful. Yeah. As, and there's an as, I'm, as I'm filling in my to be read 2023 list. There's an octopus. I mean, there's an octopus. I mean, come on. He's so sassy. Uh, his name is Marcellus and he's funny and sassy and has, he's super smart, right? Like he's a person, right? The, the, the narrator mm-hmm. is, he is smart, like an octopus and very funny. It's, it's, it's sweet. It was a, just a joyful read. It was real. I, I don't know. I really liked it. Good. I hope you don't ruin it with a movie. I know. Right. That one sometimes that works out and sometimes it does. I mean, so one of my absolute favorite reads from 2022 was The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Oh, Schwab. I love that one. I loved this book. And I forgot that I had just read it this year. I thought it was a while ago. Yeah, I think I read that one a while ago. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe it was 2021. But I think it's it was so early good. 2022 that I read it. And that's another one that I'm like, please don't make it into a movie. Sometimes I want them to be made into movies. And sometimes I 100% do not want them to be made into movies. Because this one actually, like, Invisible Life of Addie LaRue, I was iffy until about two-thirds of the way through. And I am a book ditcher. If I realize that, like, however far in I am not feeling it, I do not force myself to keep reading. I pick up something else. Because the odds are I'll come – I mean, I read – a lot. And so I'll come back to it at some point when the timing is right, or I won't. And I'll give it to somebody else. Like that's fine with me. Um, I'm not in a book desert in my, uh, in my no, house. Um, you are not. Okay. But, give us your fantasy. Give us your okay. fantasy. Though. Okay. So I got into some series. Well, there's a series that I've been into and it's the Crescent City series by Sarah J. Moss. I sure love the Sarah J. Moss like universe. Um, and so the third in the Crescent City series called House of Sky and Breath came out in February. I think I read it when I had COVID. So it was February of 2022. I loved that book. By the way, all of the books I'm about to mention, absolutely not for a classroom. Like, disclaimer, (laughs) these are not for a classroom. Okay? Okay. I have read, let's see... Oh, the Kingdom of the Wicked series. It's a three-part series. And the third book just came out like a month or two ago at the time I'm recording this. So like late summer, I want to say, early fall, it came out by Carrie Maniscalco. That's a great series. It's about like princes of hell and like witches and curses to keep your memories away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read that series. Absolutely loved it. And then the series that I'm still in but I will be done by the time 2022 is over is the Zodiac Academy series. And that one, listen, I hate how much I love that. 
sometimes oh my because God. I read it and I'm like, oh my God, really? What am I reading? But And then I love it at the same time. Like it's actually got some depth to it in places, but then like is everything I need to just totally check out from the world, like completely. Those are three of the series that I've really liked. Wow. There are many more. Okay, I do have one book that I can add that was not in a series whatsoever that I did add into my classroom, and that's The House in the Cerulean Sea by T.J. Clue. Oh, yes. You you loved that book. I loved that book. It's a little slow for some kids, but for the kids who like it, they love that book. And it just makes me so happy. Like, I ended up having to purchase more copies because we didn't have enough. Like we did it as lit circles. Some of my seniors did it as a lit circle. It's just unexpected and sweet and funny. And I love that book. Yes. I don't even know how to segue out to anything else. Well, okay. So where I dive head first into fantasy series, not even sci-fi so much. It's straight up like Lord of the Rings fantasy is what I would like to get into. Amanda feels that way about memoir and nonfiction. Yeah, I did. Yes. I did read a lot of memoir this year. You did. I did. I did. And I have a, I read two books about crying. This is... <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, and here's the thing, too, is Amanda's kind of, like, hesitating because we've talked about biography and memoir so much because we had the workshop earlier in the fall. We but, did. like, give us give us your two memoirs or one memoir that you haven't really talked about yet that you were like, this is phenomenal. Yeah. So the one you heard me talk a lot about was Crying in H Mart. So if, yes. you've already, if you haven't already heard me talking about Crying in H Mart, go listen. Go re-listen to my video in the workshop, and I'll talk about that in all those nonfiction episodes. It's it's amazing. The other crying book is called Crying in the Bathroom. That's one that I recently finished and loved. Uh, Erica Sanchez is the author. She's also the author of uh, I'm Not Your Perfect Mexican Daughter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I know that name. Yes. This, yeah, this is her memoir. So this is her, just her story. And I, I don't think it's for everyone. Um, she's a very... Uh, <laughs> She's a very unique voice, which is why I loved her. She is a Latina from Chicago. So we, I mean, geographically we're connected. Like I know the neighborhoods she was talking about. Like I've spent a lot of time there with my husband. And so like, it was very cool to like hear her talk about growing up in the city and what it was like. I love listening to authors tell their story of like their coming of age into becoming writers. Yeah. That's Um, like just the nerdy, like that's what we're looking for. Yes. (laughs) But she is irreverent. She doesn't care. She swears all over the place and she is just unapologetically herself. And I loved it. She talks a lot about her mental health struggles, just her struggles of like being a woman in the publishing industry and what that's like and how she's, you know, thrown two big old middle fingers to so much of that. And I just, I really admired her throughout. And I I loved, I really didn't want that one to end. And she manages to like end it on such a beautiful note too. It's, it's really cool. Um, And then the other memoir similar, it was another author whose memoir I just finished and I really didn't want it to end is Solita by Javier Zamora. So we've talked about Javier Zamora on the podcast before. He's a poet. You may have read some of his work. Um, Solito came out at the end of September and Mm -hmm. it is his journey from El Salvador to the US. It's a nine week migration that he undergoes solo, solito, by himself. Along the way, right, he meets a lot of people, kind of learns how to find family amongst other people. But the punchline is he's nine years old. That's how old Wyatt is, right? Yeah, my son. Yep. 
Can you imagine Wyatt leaving home and migrating? I cannot across three borders and like, oh my gosh, like I, so this is in 1999. And so every time I'm reading this thinking like in 1999, I was putting butterfly clips in my hair and, you know, logging onto AOL a thousand times a day using the phone cord with my parents. And like, it just doesn't, it doesn't register to me sometimes like that people are living different lives than I am. And I know it sounds so stupid, but like I don't pull my head out of my own experience often enough. And I think that this book just did such a beautiful job of that thinking about this experience. And it's just, it's personal to me and my family. Um, So it was unbelievably stunning. I'm already in touch with his publisher and trying to get an interview with him for the podcast. Uh, So listeners, you know, with bated breath, you shall await uh, 2023. (laughs) But I love Solito. It is a book that belongs in your classroom library for sure. Whole class read, not sure yet on that. I feel like there's politically, it's such a tough subject right now that it might be more trouble than it's worth. Well, and it would, it would almost like sully the story, right? Where you, you, exactly. You want to be able to celebrate the story and not have to defend at this point in time, like hopefully, you know, give it 12 months. These are things that can kind of, I don't know, mature, we can mature our way through some of the issues regarding books. Well, and I hope that that, and I I think that that's what I love so much about this book is that it's the nine-year-old's point of view. It's not political. It's not a political story at all. It's It's a story of survival. Yeah, yeah. His parents fled during a civil war and there was no other way for them to ever be reunited at at a reasonable amount of time. Um, You know, so it was, it's just, it's so amazing. It was just an amazing story. Beautifully told. I mean, more as a poet. So it's a memoir written through poetry. There's a lot of Spanish, a lot of humor, a lot of really funny, like, you know, like one of the biggest things he was worried about was, you know, like farting in front of an officer, you know, like it, it, these like adorable little nine-year-old things that are also horrifying as an adult thinking about your child being by themselves. Like it was just, it was just beautifully written. I loved it. I think that one's going on my 2023 list as well. So good. And that one, that one and crying, crying in the bathroom. I listened to it. I did both. I went back and forth, but they're both read by the author. And so like, I love memoirs read by the author. Same with crying in H Mart. I listened to them in the author's voice which was just that much more powerful. That's well, a really yeah rich experience. I did the same thing. Um, I had read it before, but I hadn't listened to Born and Crime. Yes, and you taught that this year. I did. I did. I talked about it quite a bit in the biography and memoir workshop. I like have actually put that unit up on my website too, and like a lot of people are starting to get into it because it is. I'm telling you, there's nothing more authentic than the author themselves reading their own words. And it's yeah. just so good. That's good. All right. What else um, is on your list? What else is on your list? Uh, okay. Let's see. I do have some more actually. Mm, I have another one that my son really liked that I read. It's by Jason Reynolds called Stunt Boy in the meantime. And it's a graphic oh, yeah. novel. I He tore through that book and like loved it and was like, everybody should read this book. Stunt Boy was super cute. Another one that my son read is called Planet Omar, Unexpected Super Spy. And then there's like three or four other books after that one. It's about a little boy. I'm trying to remember which this one is. This this is a little boy whose family is Muslim. And so Wyatt turned to me at one point when he was reading it and he goes, what's a mosque And I said, excuse me? And I realized it was the first time he had seen the word mosque like written. Oh my and gosh. so I, it was just like, 
he really, really liked that book too. And I was like, oh, look at you expanding your horizons, darling. Um, because so many of the books that they have are just not particularly yes. diverse. And so this was a really, really good, funny book, like where he was cracking himself up while he was reading as well. And just like getting to see other people who don't look like him. Honestly, it's, it's more fantasy series. So well, okay, it's so going to be the same thing over and I over do, again. Okay, but I do, I do want to talk about a YA read that I read because I don't okay. read a lot of YA and I'm trying to read more and like find the right ones because I think that that's a YA that works well at like the 10th, 11th grade level is kind of hard to find. Like there are a lot of kids who are older that I think would like to read YA, but some of it's still too Y. <laughs> it's a little too young or yeah. the voices are a little bit too young. And, and so I'm always looking for YA that's a little bit more on like the, the depth and challenge side, but still kind of got the excitement and engagement that we love about YA. Sure. Um, so I finally read a book from Ruta Sepetis. Did I say it right? Nope. I don't think I did. No. She taught me, okay, I'm going to pause this guys. You want you to listen to her say her name. Hello. My name is Ruta Sepetis. And that's a Lithuanian name. And in Lithuanian, it would be pronounced Ruta Shepetis. Ruta is the name of a flower, and Sepetis means brush in Lithuanian. So my name is Flower Brush. I even have a difficult time pronouncing my own name. I know that sounds ridiculous, but it's true. And an easy way to remember how to pronounce my last name is that it rhymes with spaghettis. So if you think Ruta Spaghettis, you can pronounce Ruta Sepetis. Okay, so it's Ruta Sepetis. <laughs> if it rhymes with spaghettis, you can pronounce Ruta Spaghettis. Oh, Sepetis. She's not spaghettis. Sepetis. Ruta, I love you. And if you're listening, we want you on the podcast too. And I will get it right when I talk to you. But I, out of all of her books, she's written tons. So she's written Between Shades of Grey, Out of the Easy, Salt to the Sea, The Fountains of Silence, I Must Betray You. All of them are historical fiction. That's her jam. And I read Salt to the Sea. And I was just blown away by the story. Again, like I have a thing for alternating narrators. <laughs> I love so, it. Yeah, I, I really do. Like it's, it's definitely one thing that I, I look for. Um, and I just loved it. So her story is also like a lesser known World War II series. I, mm -hmm. I, when I was reading it, I was talking to my husband. And I said, I think in high school, I learned about World War II, but all I learned about was the Holocaust. Like, I don't yes. think I learned anything else about world. Like I had a hard time like piecing together the story with the invasion of like the way that the Soviets were fighting the Germans. Like that was something that I think we completely skipped over or I just didn't pay attention to. And so this story kind of looks at how Germans and Lithuanians and other kind of uh, people kind of caught between Soviet Russia and Germany mm -hmm. were trying to flee um, and get out of the middle of all that fighting and get away. And so the people in the story are on a journey. Um, they are headed toward a port city to get on a boat and get away from all the fighting, get out of all the horrible things that were happening to people that were kind of caught in the crossfire. And so the journey kind of weaves together these several different voices and people and their experience. There's love, there's romance, there's uh, hardship, lots of hardship. There's villainy. Uh, there's lots of really just beautiful 
personification. I am working on a TPT unit right now. And I just keep finding these close read passages that personify these emotions, right? These experiences of, of hate and anger and fear. Um, and it's just gorgeously written. So I loved Salt of the Sea. Uh, it didn't even feel like a YA read. And I already have Between Shades of Grey and Out of the Easy on my bookshelf ready for 2023. So spaghetti is all, that's where we're at, girl. We're all spaghetti. My students loved Salt of the Sea. Oh, and I had it in book clubs good. a couple of years ago when I was teaching sophomores and I'm teaching sophomores again in the spring. So maybe uh, that's making a little resurgence. Well, friends, I mean, I do, you know what, this year of 2020 and 2021 were the years where I read as many books as I could for my classroom. And this was the year where I just read for me for the most Love part. It. And it, it shows as you scan through all of my skulls wearing crowns on with scripty writing on a dark background. But good for you. Don't let my teasing ever change you. Oh, it won't. It will only make me stronger. (laughs) Don't you worry. All right, Uh, friends. Well, we've just given you quite a lot, like quite a lot of eclectic information. And we have our book lists for you. If you head to the show notes right now, you can take a look. Make sure you check out bookshop.org. It really is a great way to support local and independent bookstores. And it just makes you feel good when you get to do that. You know what I mean? I love a good bookstore, as I've already said. And we will be back next week with even more reading recommendations because we're going to be taking a look at what we plan to read in 2023, what sorts of trends we think our own reading is going to follow, what we are in the mood for, and what we are going to be looking at in order to uh, fulfill that. So... Make sure you meet us right back here next week. And thank you so much for listening. We hope that this holiday season, if you're listening in real time, is going well for you. You are resting. You are hopefully staying healthy. Hopefully, fingers crossed, so are we. And uh, we will see you here next time. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening to Brave New Teaching. We'd love to keep the conversation going over on Instagram. And while you're there, check out the links in our bio for the most up-to-date events going on in the Brave New Teaching community. Thanks for being here and have a great week at school. 